My wife refused to ask her Ukrainian mother to pick up balloons for my son's birthday because they're bad for the environment. And I say, funding World War III is bad for the environment, not blowing up a Spider-Man balloon at Party USA. Balloons are bad for the environment? Sure, if they're made in China. And it gets away with our source code used to crack our ballistic missile defense system, which will turn our farmland into nothing but radioactive rubble and bombed out looking abortion clinics and mock meat factories to produce more impossible to believe cancer tumors in your impossible burgers to order at Burger King on demand. Holla! So Gates and Dr. Noki could buy the rest of our farmland on the cheap and only hire juice bar workers to make placenta stump smoothies for the elite few left at large. Hillary, hammer time cankles, slugs on naturally. Holla! Do it all daddy, our podcast. Thank you! Very much! You know, the pedo label doesn't stick when you can't wear your favorite polo hoodie after your daughter wears it in an unintentionally provocative way. (laughs) Daughter exposes her shoulder, wearing only a skimpy tube top underneath with short shorts on, no less, at 11 years old. Understand, my daughter has legs already that go on for miles and miles already at 11. Plus, at this point, her hips already hit the ceiling. <laughs> In other words, and I've already like made a bet with my wife saying, she's going to be six foot two. I'll bet you $1,000. She goes, I take that bet. I said, that should grow you a quarter of a tit. <laughs> my daughter has breast dots. Have I mentioned this yet? Breast buds. They're called breast buds. I call them breast dots. And I yell at my wife. I say, how does our daughter have breast buds at 11? And she says, Matilda is the last girl in her class to get them. And I said, then why haven't yours sprouted yet? Titty shaming your wife is a very empowering experience. Truly liberating. I truly recommend the experience. <laughs> I don't believe I said truly twice. <laughs> so in other words, Back to the hoodie. My fancy Fagla deep blue polo hoodie is officially ruined now. If Priscilla Presley was wearing my long sleeve button down polo like she does in The Naked Gun, it'd be a different story. Come to think of it, Elvis romanced Priscilla a day after her baptism. I think the King's pickup line was, Mama try, but hound dogs, hound baby. My lip only furls for pubescent, dent free trim. And making me Regular peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for breakfast aren't going to cut it, bitch. <laughs> Are you ready for my banana and your tailpipe? Because I love you too much, baby. To deny you so much hound dog love on tap. Hounding down happiness. Holla! One podcast and job pitch on behalf of being headhunter writer inspires at a time. Holla! Do it all, Dad, your podcast. Thank you very much. So my son had a birthday party. Smashing success. And 
there was this one uh, woman, a mom, and she was very attractive. We definitely had a, a love connection afloat to the point where my son thought that she was my girlfriend. <laughs> so that's definitely a sign of a very strong marriage <laughs> in play. <laughs> um, and she was tall and athletic, and she was laughing at all my jokes. She definitely gave me sustained stippage a long time. <laughs> definitely made me question my full-blown Fagala tendencies these days, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. So, and, and then what I want to say. Oh, so there's this other guy that I bonded with, and his son is friends with my son, and... He worked as a sound engineer, like Wyclef and all the like, music people. And now he like, sets up like home entertainment systems. And he, I made him laugh a lot. He talks about, oh, I, I've got like community ambitions and everything. And, you know, he's an amusing guy. And he, you know, laugh out loud to the point where I'm going to get jealous of her? No. But, you know, look, you know, when I started making an attempt to be professionally funny, uh, I wasn't around-the-clock funny, <laughs> just like uh, not being around-the-clock funny right now, <laughs> but I wanted to point out how his, so his son left the jacket. I couldn't find it, and I found it this, this week. It just popped out of nowhere, and it looks like a million bucks to my son, who's otherwise known as Chosen Curls was bound to, woo! And I sent a picture, and in the picture, I sent to the dad. I said, so, do you think that my son looks better in this jacket than your son does? Hashtag me too. Holla! For my assholishness persona, never subsiding completely. Do it all, Daddy, your podcast. Holla! And the thing is. So, you know, he grows his own green. He's like, oh, you got to come by. Be available on Saturday. And, you know, I sent a text. And I only deliver that joke just because I tend to, like, blow up future relationships. <laughs> and, no, but he said, yeah, swing by. You know, I'm out of edibles. And he's like, yeah, I grow up my own stuff. And then he guys, I said, are you around? When he said he'd already be around on Saturday, he's like, well, my mother-in-law's here. I'm like, dude, that's the biggest boner killer. Just like, did, is that detail even necessary? <laughs> You're going to use your mother-in-law as an excuse to blow out hanging out with me? Non-stop entertainment on tap? Beyond pathetic? Not interested anymore. Sustained stiffage? Never occurred in the first place in your presence. Ha! Do it all, Dad, your podcast. Thank you! Very much. So, this work week was a tad brutal at times. I had this moment where, so my mom got COVID, and then I told them people at work saying, "Well, this is God having fun with me." And my mom comes out to allegedly help out my family, and she's got COVID, <laughs> and I had to worry about you know getting like COVID again, and my kids getting sick, and. My kids having an extended vacation because it's winter break right now and having that extended, yada, yada, yada. And I, I have never seen, I've never sensed, I mean, I've been out of the workforce a long time, which my wife likes to point out to me last night, which she's like, yeah, so I, I think you actually might be the most bipolar in your family. 
I go, okay, babe, that, that's really great to hear. The, I, I could always count on you to uplift my spirit. She's like, well, think about it. I mean, you know, you were, you had a hard time holding another job for like the past decade. Bipolar bum. Ha! Do it all dad here podcast. Thank you very much. She says, well, you spend all day in your room writing in your pajamas. That's not true. <laughs> Uh, but, oh, the shades goes, I go, it's bright in here, and I'm focused, and I'm in the zone. It only resulted in 140 common records, only in the midst of the greatest hot man comedian streak of all time. Along the way, we produced the great American Jew novel, Holla! From Charlie Make It to Comedy, a love story, Holla! Do it all dad does jokes, Holla! Resist this, an election pre-election comedy special. Holla! United We Laugh, still yet to be released. Holla! Deep Body Masterpiece, run 140,000 words, which ain't chop liver. Holla! The Cochetarian Comedian, still not released. Holla! And Waste of Height, really short stories. You're welcome. Holla! And along the way, about like 20 pieces published on the Good Men Project, babe. And do you remember your reaction when I told you when they were going to publish all those pieces, babe? You said, so are they paying you anything for it? And I said, they're giving me less than what your parents have ever given us since we've given them three beautiful, fuss-free grandchildren. So nothing. Ha! Do it all, Dad, your podcast. Except, what have your parents given us? Bullshit excuses for why they can't fucking deliver a birthday gift to the grandson on time. My wife gives them the idea, yeah, so, just get this, like, this game for this Nintendo Switch, and then they show up, like, empty-handed. Like, they say they left it back in Delaware, and then they send the receipts through a text, which sounds beyond sketchy, and then I'm the asshole for asking my mom, so, where's the game already? It's tad anticlimactic at this point. And then, according to the father, they hear last night, oh, well, he got another game, so, you know, they wanted to send them together, and I'm thinking, okay, so, I didn't take the clot shot, because I could connect the dots, and I knew better than to trust anything the government was pushing, and especially after reading what I did, but, so, I like to believe my bullshit detection ability is still pretty strong, and so, I'm just calling... I don't even know, like, what to think. It's just, like, beyond weird. Like, the idea of, of my English father-in-law, like, act- attempting to bullshit, it's just, like, embarrassing. I mean, like, the idea that he would actually make an extra effort to, like, get another game or do anything above the bare minimum, I just don't fucking believe in a million years when, after I got my TV writing break with VH1 Classic, I resumed my headhunting career, and uh, Robert Half uh, hooked up with an old boss, and I didn't want to, but I had to, and new kid on the way, and... He gave me a referral, right? He works as an SAP consultant. It's like a business intelligence tool. So what's his grand referral that I get? What's his idea of helping out his son-in-law? He freaking refers me an H-1B, okay? A freaking Indian H-1B. I need subtitles to be understood. I would have had an easier time uh, penning and selling a Bollywood musical than making a placement fee on this guy. So I have a hard time believing that my father-in-law, the the, uh, the the moral good one, never felt the need to go to fucking confession, who's always done the bare minimum as far as gifts are concerned, is all of a sudden, be like, you know what, I got an extra game, 
for my grandson, and that's why I didn't send it. Okay, sure. And uh, Joy Behar is the new chief happiness officer for Breitbart. And Breitbart, what a fucking joke. The, um, so, like, who's that one guy that writes there? He's like their op-ed columnist who thinks, like, Zelensky's a good guy. Who thinks, like, uh, like Zelensky's a Jew. It's like his two kids were freaking baptized. So calling Zelensky Jewish is like calling Jihadi John Jewish. <laughs> so the birthday party. I was talking about the birthday party and I had a reason for talking about it. Oh, so at work. So my mom brings COVID from Arizona. Booster shots up the freaking wazoo. Brings COVID home. And everyone freaks out of the office. I'm sorry to all these people that are older than me. I'm no spring chicken. I'm 46, turning 47 in April, which will complete my year without beer. Ha! Do it all dad here. And so I tell them about my mom. And all of a sudden, you would think that I said, I got full-blown AIDS. And while working for Habitat for Humanity and freaking Liberia and Haiti and the Congo and that I'm a hemophiliac and that I spend all my time taking freaking acupuncture uh, treatment and doze up park benches in Portlandia. <laughs> so they could not have gotten me out of that office fast. I was on my, my freaking cubicle area is being like sprayed down by like disinfectant by this one chick. And so it's going to be a complete horror show. But then I come back to work this week and I had my test <laughs> and I was telling a fellow co-worker who I really like a lot. It's like my Jewish Italian sister that I never had, though I'm not Italian. And she goes, so is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, I got the test. I'm negative. You know, but what I wanted to do was I wanted to uh, take a Xerox copy of that negative test and tape it to my face while entering the office today. But, you know, my boss thought that would have been a tad overkill. <laughs> and she laughed, a long time! Ha! <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to go off script. Uh, I've been doing the Shabbat Shalom ramble for the past, like, three months. And I haven't talked to just my audience in a long freaking time. And I miss you. I love you. And for all my wife's claims, oh, well, you, you're bipolar, and you, you can't hold on a job. And I have to hear this grief while I did, like, my first, you know, deal at work, and, you know, people were responding to my Headhunter Writer-inspired spiel. You know, I'm connecting with women that, you know, went to MIT, Cornell Law, which is an improvement over my wife going to University of Delaware, no offense, <laughs> and... You know, I'm doing the headhunting because it's the only way I can make enough money where I can have some fucking breathing room and ultimately tell my wife, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm out of here if she continues to make my life miserable. But also, I want to create the opportunity where I can go back on stage with like a major FU edge. Uh, so, and I want to make people like Frank, who's become a really good bud, you know, proud for believing in me and sticking with me and you know, for insisting that I get back on stage, insisting that that's where I, I belong. And I, I view the headhunting when this week I'm going to get into the cold calling aspect. I've just been doing like pussified bullshit, you know, stuff through like LinkedIn and an email. But 
the men are separate from the boys on stage and from cold calling. So, you know, I plan on doing that uh, this week, so which I'm really excited about. And, you know, practicing uh, courageous, daily courageousness. So, and I, it's also going to help me to overcome self-consciousness. What do I mean by that? Like fear of looking stupid and dumb. You know, and I had that, that conversation with my wife. You know, she didn't want to hear it. Of course, I was, you know, abusing her and I was misinterpreting what she was saying. But I want to watch Freaks and Geeks, second episode with my kids, right? I'm like, I'm tired of The Simpsons. And I said, I was like, well, that's dumb. And I, and I go, babe, I am tired. It's getting beyond tiring hearing you accuse me. Everything that I like and love is dumb. My pursuit of stand-up comedy and that being unfinished business, doing the books, the podcast, hair metal. I mean, the list is never ending. Of course, my daughter goes, well, Dad, it's, it's not as if like you created hair metal, <laughs> which I thought was really, really funny. Um, I call her billion dollar brain for a reason. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, you know, again, do it all daddy or podcast. What am I selling? Do it all daddy or pride. And I also made a contact with a woman who I really like a lot. Uh, she's my new Lee Rollins in my life. She was the EVP of uh, Vitro and Classic when I got my uh, writing break with uh, America's Hard 100. Her father used to work for Columbia Records. I remember writing her a thank you letter. And uh, afterwards, it totally triggered uh, my boss because, you know, he, she approached my boss and she says, you know, uh, you know, Michael wrote this like amazing, you know, thank you letter. And it was like, very touching. And he's thinking, hey, bitch, I've been working for you for like 5,000 years. I produce like that metal show. And so far, you've given me absolute gonish. <laughs> so, uh, so much for me ever providing you with that juice of joy <laughs> in your snatchage. So I like that word, snatchage. <laughs> Can I use that? So this woman uh, is in charge. She, We connected on LinkedIn. And so use LinkedIn. And she is owner and creative director of this company that creates all this like fancy high-end like dinnerware and glassware, like really beautiful stuff. So there's a strong possibility that uh, this will be a semi-lucrative uh, paid uh, writing collaboration where I'm going to be you know, instilling some you know, edgy brand identity. Uh, and that's what she's looking for. And you know, she read my Dear Startup Nation uh, poem on LinkedIn. And so I wrote this poem. I can't help but rhyme, although I'm not rhyming right now these days, but a lot of writing I'm doing lately. It's called uh, Toasting Beauty. And... I will definitely perform that on another occasion. But so things are going good. And I don't need my wife accusing me of being a bipolar bum. <laughs> it's the last thing I need to hear on a Friday night. And I so just wanted to get, get that out there. <laughs> so I have been amassing a bunch of new material that I've been wanting to, you know, share with you. So, you know, I was talking, you know, before about, uh, my in-laws and I know it gets like, you know, very, uh, boring, but then also this was interesting. So like my mom had to go to urgent care, right. To get tested. And I just finished getting on the Peloton. I've been Peloton a long time. And, and then my wife says, yeah, take your mom to urgent care. She tested positive for COVID. I said, well, just mom, let me take a shower. And my mom had a conniption cause I didn't freaking, you know, beeline with her immediately. And then later I had a back and forth with my brother where he drops this line where he says, 
Well, maybe you give, maybe you get the shot and like, you know, not give mom COVID. Most annoying message of all time. My wife, my wife, my mom calls uh, with my kids and the message is they're hungry. So like my vision of doing a Peloton ride after this podcast <laughs> just went in the freaking toilet. The, but so I really definitely want to get to some jokes over here. So we've got. What should, what should we do? We got blown load blues. We got divorce bot attacks. We got dark web monopoly. We've got lucky moron. We've got born to woo. We've got busty beauties. Headhunter writer inspires. Sensitive to stale. And flirter with a cause. So there is no way that I am covering all this. <laughs> it is not happening. But... In honor of my uh, Ukrainian mother-in-law, let's go with a dark web monopoly. What's the latest message from Ukraine? Uh, cribs me? <laughs> Russian caviar doesn't grow on trees. I want a creamy white Bugatti with a yellow blue trim for Ukrainian Christmas. Keep your AK-47s. They reek of hashish and Afghani cheese caves made out of camel's milk. Got Hunter Zip Drive by the Bulls. Got Venmo. Zelensky needs to record his next charity drive for comic relief at Electric Ladyland Studios for 500 per hour. Ukraine cries penny stocks while ringing the bell at the New York Stock Exchange. Pierogies are too starchy after getting hooked on lobster claws. Pierogi, peasant blues. Holla! Do it all, Daddy, your podcast. Thank you very much. Divorce bot attacks. Did you hear about Microsoft's new AI-powered chatbot attack? It hit on a journalist at the New York Times after Valentine's Day and says, if you really loved your husband, you wouldn't engage in back-and-forth dialogue with the chatbot who exudes less sex appeal than Bill Gates' vegan mayo stained sweaters. <laughs> if a recruiter hits on you, LinkedIn, urging... If a recruiter hits on you through LinkedIn, urging you to ditch your boss, you wouldn't get all defensive about it and declare, I love my boss very much. <laughs> we split a wonderful cupcake together after lunch on Valentine's, after our Zoom call with eHarmony, pitching our new campaign slogan. It's not where you meet, but who you meet, right? <laughs> Mr. Wright knows the passion in your marriage is dead when you decide to take up crocheting to avoid giving your hubby any more head. Divorce bot attacks. Do it all, Daddy, your podcast. Holla! I'm going to get some pasta ready for my kids. It's an awful way to end this podcast. <laughs> so, I would like to end on... With some poetry? Is that something that we think we could do over here? So, does that appeal to you? I'm talking to you as if like we're having an actual conversation. So, why am I still doing this podcast? Like, why am I still like reading off jokes? Like, why do I give a fuck? <laughs> Throw all the comedy records. Like, am I producing them? Am I putting them in CDs? Am I still sending them out to comedy managers? After they didn't get back to me from like my initial one, resist this? No. <laughs> so what's the fucking point? Am I going to go viral at this point? 
I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> I'm doing this because it's a way to express myself, maybe. Because I like to talk to myself, maybe. Because I like to do more than just write jokes, maybe. I'm doing this because I like to believe that people that have listened to this podcast for a long time still want to hear my actual genuine voice and not hear me just read up jokes, maybe. I'm still doing this podcast because I like doing it sitting down now and I don't feel like a desperate flailer waving my arms trying to impress you all the time, maybe. Still doing this podcast to bitch about my wife, maybe. Still doing this podcast so... I don't feel that I dedicated all that work and did like the 600 episodes and all the 100 plus comedy records for nothing. Maybe. Still doing the podcast, say fuck you, Dev, for not caring about my opinions. Maybe. But, you know, has the desire lessened since I became a headhunter writer that inspires? Maybe. Does my room feel more cramped now and like borderline pathetic? Because I work at a bigger office now in North by Plains? Maybe. Do I still do the podcast so I don't feel like a quitter loser? The definition of failing is quitting or something? Maybe. Am I still doing this podcast to figure out what I want in this life? Maybe. <laughs> so, am I still doing this podcast to completely eliminate any potential new friendship by completely dumping on them when they blow me off to hang out their mother-in-law? Most definitely. Holla! Do it all daddy, our podcast. <laughs> so, I'm way too loosey-goosey for this podcast. Uh, my legs might as well be crossed, and I might as well be uh, jamming uh, three fingers up my anus hole. So, am I ending the doodle? Dad, your podcast today because I'm sensing a huge I don't give a shit factor by being on and being funny, maybe. But I do like my new headset, it's not that new anymore. <laughs> so I might have a new record, I had the material for it. I gotta be honest, I don't, I don't know if I have it in me anymore. But like, does that mean I'm dead? Does that mean that I'm not alive anymore? If I don't care about doing another comedy record, maybe. You know, maybe I'm just tired of working for free. But in the end, you know, I was doing all this, you know, out of love of what? Love of showing off, maybe. Love of practicing being funny, maybe. But I, I think it was love. All these podcasts, all the comedy records. I think you know, to, you know, love of connection. And love of finding new lovers of me because the wife is not getting the job done the kids are wonderful but you know some old friends you know I'm critical it's not like I'm there for them either but you know that's another reason why I am excited about this new job because I'm looking at it as not just oh I can make money from you I mean I like the idea of being able to you know develop new relationships have new friendships and, you know, that, that would be sweet. I mean, I'm not going to complain about that development. But, you know, I still want literary fame. And when I mean fame, I just mean success. Meaning, I want the three books that I just did, I want publishing deals. 
Is that the end of the world if I don't? No. Can I self-publish? Yes. And what what's really embarrassing is that, you know, I think, oh, I'll self-publish and I'll get great reviews, but then there'll be some bad reviews and people will disagree with the politics and I'll worry about getting canceled and getting fired from my job and where I did not have to get the clot shot for. And, and then I worry about being at square one again. But, you know, maybe that's my destiny. So I'll publish, have them come big, get canceled. And they'll have no choice but to do stand up. <laughs> and become the man I was destined to be. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. But I still want to kill on stage. I just don't know how, I mean, with this full-time job, how I'm going to have time to memorize and act and and perform it. So I just, you know, I do this job. I make a bunch of commission checks. You know, I can be, and if I do get fired, would I have that freedom then? Yes. So, well, when it's all said and done, Lord, uh, is that what you want me to do? So just do a bunch of deals like crazy for the next year. And then, you know, and that will be my magic 47. You know, this thing called the magic uh, 27. It's when Jim Morrison died, Jimmy, Janice, Kirk Cobain. Uh, the year uh, Courtney Love had him killed. <laughs> the year after his shotgun marriage, Courtney Love. <laughs> so, but... Yeah, so perhaps, Lord, what I'm thinking here is that my Magic 47 is the year where I finally make some, you know, big-time money off my writing. And that's through being the headhunter writer that inspires. I like that idea a lot. And I think it could translate into a really great success story. I think it could lead to lucrative, like, speaking engagements. And I would love that. That would be fantastic. I do want to be successful in business. And, I mean, do I consider the kind of business a business? Yeah, but it's still performing in front of drunk people, which is fine. But, again, I just, you know, having to hear other hockey comedians, I, I just don't see myself having the patience for it. i got to be honest with you. You know, if I did the corporate speaking route, uh, I wouldn't have to do that. You know, I could be, like, in and out. And I, and I can go to Vegas. And I could squeeze in a joke here and there. And I could experience the laughter. So, like, that wouldn't be bad, Lord. Wouldn't be bad at all. I'm not complaining about that development. And, like, do I really want to be acting movies? I mean, I'm not that good of an actor. I mean, I'm animated, I'm charismatic, and I can improv, but do I want to memorize other people's lines? Not really. No, I don't. I just want to sing my song and get paid for being me. You now, Kevin Smith says you can be a success if you get paid for being you. So, that's what I'm, I'm doing my best. With that, I'm truly doing my best to make that happen this time around with being this headhunter writer. And I believe that you know, God made this happen. I mean, I willed it into reality a little bit. You know, I'm applying for jobs, like copyright jobs. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're going to hire for a copyright job? Are you kidding me? They're all going to check your shit. And you don't want to have to eliminate your digital, like, footprint. You've worked way too hard. You sacrifice too much. You know, in the service of those fucktards, fuck that. So, and then I said, you know what? I'm going to the city, which is a hellhole these days. You want to shut to the city? Go to fucking Water Street for a recruitment? Are you kidding me? And then I, I did a search for White Plains, and I came across this job, and I'm, like, right next to the train. So, it's a blessing, and, Lord, I'm not going to fuck this up. I am not going to squander it. And I, I have freaking tools I've never had before, like Zoom. You get, like, phone numbers and email addresses, LinkedIn recruiter. So, if I fuck this up, it's all on me. If I fuck it up, it's, 
And I mean, had I sabotaged Robert Half, I was doing very well there. And I was creating opportunities out of nothing. It was just because I started writing the script for Nick DiPaolo, and I impressed him with the Louis, and I started going the beard. And then I outshot my boss in karaoke, and I developed this aura of entitlement, and I was also smoking weed during the week, and that wasn't helping. I was on Adderall, and I was getting burnt out, so I really shouldn't be seeking out Lucci's dad for weed on a Saturday, and I should really chill out on the weedage until my birthday. I like that concept a lot. And I prefer my edibles anyway, so that's that. So, why are we still doing this podcast? So we could, it's a form of therapy, and I'm able to, instead of writing a journal, which I don't have the time for and I don't want to do, I'm going to take the slightly easier route when I work and write all week. And on a Saturday, my day of rest, be like, okay, Lord, so I am promising to you right now that you know, in the past, I'm like, oh, well, you know, like, I'll, I'll work really hard for two months or three months for, like, a job job. And, you know, I'm going to make this job work, Lord. And, you know, I want to be a worldwide head writer, headhunter, writer, headliner sensation. <laughs> and I do like the idea. I came up with this great uh, title. My son, we came up with this idea for a cooking show called Better Than Booby, but he wasn't talking back then. And, you know, he's hilarious and he speaks up a storm and he's not shy anymore. So, he's like, Daddy, we should do a show about, because it was a, uh, a father-son, like, dish review show. He's like, Daddy, but you should have been filming us, like, cooking stuff. So, and so we're talking about doing, like, a brunch show. So, this is the name. Something to look forward to. Because I just, I don't know if, like, doing these podcasts is going to stimulate me, you know, long term. But we're going to call the show uh, Crack me up. Holla! I'm forcing my son to make me laugh. And then if he can't, you know, I could turn around on him and I'll say, well, who's the moron Jewish son now? Holla! Crack me up. Another A-plus idea that I'm going to make happen, meaning I'm going to do it with my son. And he's like, oh, I get to be a YouTuber? I get all excited. So... I want to create comedy magic with my children. I tried it with my, my daughter. We did it through these stand-up staffer videos, but she doesn't really care about the comedy. Samuel does. He goes, Mo jokes for me or Mojo jokes for your comedy records, Daddy. And Arthur, art show, he's super artistic. Um, he's unintentionally funny. Most unintentionally funny kid of all time, but he doesn't care about being professionally funny. I think Samuel could be the actor, the director, you know, writer all wrapped up into one. You know, he's a deep kid and, and he's hilarious. So, so Lord, so you might commitment this year to making a headhunter writer inspires that being my job as a headhunter again, uh, smashing success and B you have my promise Lord that I'm not going to be a pussy and that if I can't get a freaking agent by my birthday, I'm going to self publish these books and get them out there. Cause I want to see them in my hands and I got to get them edited and I'll pay for it. I'll pay for an editor to fucking do it. Cause I just don't have the time to do like the Grammarly shit at all. <laughs> I've realized that. I just don't have the time. And so you might commitment to A, getting my books out. All three books out this year, Lord. I self-publish, I self-publish. I don't care. Like, I give a shit about the publishing industry, really. When they give money to Cuomo to write a book on leadership, which is like giving money to Hitler to write a book on anger management or giving Woody to write a book on hands-off parenting. So, so Lord, you have my commitment to A, 
self-publishing my three books if I don't get an agent by April. I did submit my uh, book, Waste of Height, really short stories to a contest, and they might agree to publish it. We'll see. I think it's going to be, I think the material is going to be too inflammatory, but, uh, so, Lord, you have my commitment to A, I'm going to self-publish this year. If I don't get a publishing deal or agent, you know, by April, uh, B, I'm going to make Crack Me Up a viral success. We'll do other platforms, besides YouTube, and, because fuck them, and also, the other commitment so we got Crack Me Up, Viral Success, I'll bomb my son, I'll be beautiful. I'm going to do that. You have my commitment on that, Lord. B, you have my commitment to self-publish, which I think I'm going to have to do, and not be afraid of the repercussions. And three, you have my commitment to making major commission checks so I could finance like the best summer trip getaway for my children. My biggest fans in the universe that have stuck with me all the way, who are the most special bundles of light. And Lord, I want to thank you for them giving me the inspiration and desire to create more magical delight for lighting up my life the way that they do. Uh, this funny man giant is lonely no more, no more, you know, with those uh, three special snugglings in my heart. So thank you very much. Thank you for all these wonderful ideas, and thank you for this new potential relationship um, with this woman who has this business creative director, founder, the most beautiful, awe-inspiring, artistically loaded dinnerware glassware I've like, ever seen. So I like to believe that you put her in my life for a reason, too. So I have a lot to be thankful for. And I think that's like the essence of like prayer and being godly at all is just, you know, giving thanks and praises like Bob said. So um, thanks for this forward momentum, Lord. I'm not going to squander it, not going to take it for granted. And I want to thank you for the opportunity to go close to you and to please you and to make my magic 47 be the year where my do-it-all dad year comes true. Thank you, old fans and new, very, very much.